Congress, the White House, and members of industry all say they agree transportation infrastructure should be a top legislative priority for the nation. But do Americans share that view? Politico and Morning Consult have released a poll asking voters that very question, and the results are somewhat discouraging. Pollsters ask people if passing an infrastructure bill should be a top priority for Congress. About a third, 35%, said yes. Another 36% said action was important, but not as critical as other issues on the national agenda. Men think the issue is more important than do women, with older and more educated respondents ranking transportation higher than did younger people questioned in the survey. Certainly nobody likes getting stuck in traffic or work zones that seem to never go away, but the findings could have been better. Regardless of the public's disconnect, at least as it was expressed in this one poll, the crush of vehicle traffic and the widespread aging of our transportation networks are together creating a worrisome and perfect storm, one that Wyoming Senator John Barrasso captured in comments offered during a recent hearing on the Hill. According to the Department of Transportation, by the year 2045, our aging roads and bridges are going to carry an additional 4 billion tons of freight every year. Our nation's highways must keep pace. The authorization of federal highway funding is going to expire in September of next year. And the Congressional Budget Office predicts and projects that the Highway Trust Fund will become insolvent sometime in 2021. It's essential that Congress invests in our infrastructure and our, specifically our surface transportation. That's why we must pass a multi-year reauthorization of the highway funding bill that is on time and fiscally responsible. If Congress fails to act, states and local governments will not have the funding certainty that they need to plan and deliver vital infrastructure projects for the American people. This is Hard Facts. I'm Robert Johnson. Industry groups whose members are working on projects in all 50 states don't need polls to know how roads and bridges are faring from the effects of increasing traffic volumes. That's why they're working together to urge Congress to keep transportation infrastructure funding at the top of the policy to-do list. Jerry Voigt is the president and CEO of the American Concrete Pavement Association. Inaction for him and his members is not an option. With so much concrete out there, I suppose it's no surprise you're interested in all of the work to fund infrastructure going on here in Washington. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. That's correct. That's utmost importance to the members of the American Concrete Pavement Association. You know, we represent any type of company or individual that's interested or involved in using concrete pavement for highways, airports, cities, streets, roads, industrial facilities, and so forth. So, Investment considerations in infrastructure, very, very important to our folks. Most of the applications you just mentioned are in some way touched by the federal funding debate that is always going on here in D.C. No doubt about it. You know, we've looked at the federal funding proportion, and on average, as we've looked at it, it's about 45% of the funding that's spent at the state level by the average state DOT, Department of Transportation. And so it's a critical component. Now, you'll find some states that are able to fund more of their infrastructure programs with locally developed funding mechanisms, you know, state taxes or state fees on, you know, vehicle 
type applications, services, and so forth. But you know, to the average state, you know, and when you think about average, that means there's some states where the federal portion is even greater than that, roughly half or 45 percent of the value. So it's a pretty significant issue, no matter what. We can't suggest that federal funding is by any means a bygone issue. It is extremely, extremely important. And when you couple that with the importance of transportation just to the economic viability of the country, you know, we've got to see this addressed soon. It's been languishing really as an issue for a long, long time. It's got to be addressed pretty soon or we're really going to see a degradation in the infrastructure. We always have this conversation about the reauthorization, right? That's every six years we get to go through this. Sometimes it gets extended many times, so it takes longer than that. But for the last two years, there has been a conversation about an infrastructure package on top of that. Last week, we heard that some members of Congress are thinking that both can't get done in 2019. Is that your sense? No, actually, we're, we're optimistic. Maybe cautiously optimistic is probably more appropriate. But, you know, the thing is, when you really know what's going on, and we feel at some point very soon, people are going to really realize the issues that are at heart here. If you look at the vehicle miles traveled and what's causing the need for this infrastructure investment is the fact that we've talked about it. You've heard it, and maybe some think it's platitudes, but it's really not platitudes that there is a, a crumbling of our infrastructure. The departments of transportation, I give them credit on one hand that they are addressing a lot of the issues with, you know, surface restorations that, you know, when you look at it from the surface, the road or highway may look, you know, not too bad, right? It may look like a nice road of a nice condition, but what's not happening is we're not addressing the substructures. So I'm a civil engineer. And when I look at a pavement, I don't just look at the surface. And civil engineers, we're, you know, we're looking at the depth of the pavement. And we're realizing that we are not addressing the structural issues. It's not unlike an analogy if you put a nice coat of paint on the siding of your house. Let's say you have wood siding. Some of that wood siding is rotten from age, from degradation, right? from rain and sun and so forth, say, you know what, I just want a new paint job and I'm going to paint that siding. But what do we know happens in those cases? It's very quickly that that surface coating crumbles away. And that's what's been happening to our roadway infrastructure. The DOTs are in this preservation mode where they're just addressing the surface. But very quickly, those surface applications don't last. They may last a couple of years or three or five years. Maybe we'll get seven years out of some of them. But the reality is down below, we're not addressing the real problem. So we feel, getting back to your question, that the real heart of the matter is coming to the fore. We see a new study that was commissioned by Congress called Renewing the National Commitment to the Interstate Highway System. It was part of the FAST Act, and it was, again, a very outstanding group of folks that came together to form this committee. It was through the National Academies of Science, in particular the National Transportation Research Board, had such you know heavy hitters on there: Norm Augustine, Lockheed Martin Corporation, Norm Mineta, former Secretary of Transportation, Kirk Steidel, who was the Michigan Department of Transportation Secretary. So, you know, a handful of the ones that are on there, they 
have suggested a total recommitment to funding the interstate highway system, kind of looking just at that backbone system, which, by the way, for our members of our association, the American Concrete Pavement Association, that's at the heart of what we do. And what they're saying, what this committee is saying in that is that, you know, as much as $55 billion or more should be invested just in the interstate system itself. You know, that's more than what we're investing right now federally in the whole of the national highway system. So we're really talking about people that are recognizing the need out there and communicating this. And again, at some point, you just can't sweep the issues under the rug anymore. And we're getting to that point. So from the standpoint of the frustration that we've shared with a lot of people in the transportation industry for the last, you know, 15 years of very minor continuing resolutions and so forth on our funding over and over and over again, we see, you know, a real opportunity because there's just no way to hide from the issue anymore. And so Congress and the administration are, I think, ready to take that on. Politics aside, we think the issue is going to kind of crush through that. So we're cautiously optimistic, I guess I'd say. Unless you're doing something grand like a major new bridge or a freeway where there wasn't one before, most transportation construction projects just aren't that sexy. Do you think that's why it's easy to just keep kicking the can down the road, letting this problem be someone else's problem, another member of Congress, another administration, another generation? Well, I mean, unfortunately, yes, roads are not exactly highly visible. Most people take them for granted. But I will say this. If you think about logistics and, you know, everyday life, you know, there's a lot of folks who are looking at, you know, take Amazon. And you got Amazon Prime. And it's exciting, right? You get the drones and they're delivering things right to your doorstep. And you have all this technology that you're thinking about. And I always like to look at the other side of that. And that is, how do those goods, how do those, whatever it is that's being delivered to your doorstep, maybe in this futuristic way with a drone, how does that get to the distribution center to be distributed to you in that way? There's always the other side of that coin. And there's only one way that that happens. And that's by truck. And what most people don't realize is that 80% of the communities, 80% of the communities in this country are only accessible by truck. So the freight that gets to those cities, the things that we need to live our daily lives, food, clothing, the fuel, whatever it is that it takes to live our daily lives, the only way to get that to our communities, 80% of them, is by truck. What does that mean? You couple that with the, the projection of population growth. And over the next 30 years, something like 70 million people, that's equivalent to adding a whole another state of Texas, New York, and Florida in terms of people to this country. And so we've got a whole lot more goods and services. So you look at all that, and while roads aren't really sexy or, you know, maybe they're just taken for granted, they are extremely important. They're a number one of, you know, civil infrastructure in really creating the fundamental of our economy. So this is not lost on those of us in the industry, of course, but how do we get that into the minds of those that are 
making decisions about, you know, in Congress about whether they should fund it. And how do the American people get more in tune with that? I like to think that uh, Amazon has actually got it right in one hand. If you look at the back of every one of their trucks, it says there's more to prime a truckload more. And they're absolutely right because all those goods, again, have to get into those distribution centers and it takes one heck of a lot of trucks. Well, I wanted to ask you about the action plan. What are you doing with your members to get that message to Congress? How are you approaching this challenge? Well, there's two things that we're doing or two ways we're looking at it. First is we feel to help with this that there are some reforms that would be very helpful to make sure that folks that are worried that the dollars that are being generated for infrastructure, particularly transportation, because that's what we deal with, that they're being spent wisely. And so we are looking at a number of things with that. And first and foremost there, and kind of at the at the highest level, is making sure there's good competition for civil infrastructure pavements at the state level. That's where our members participate, right? You know, we actually, as an organization, we're looking to have more competition. We don't mind competing against our competitors in the asphalt industry. In fact, we're welcoming it. We want to have more of it. So as we look to increase federal funding, we, you know, we're suggesting what we ought to be doing is to assure folks that the dollars that are being generated, both existing and what would be generated under a new infrastructure bill, are being spent wisely. Competition between material industries is a huge part of that. Massachusetts Institute of Technology, for instance, did a study, and it wasn't a trivial study. Ten years of DOT bid pricing data from 47 state DOTs, 164,000 projects, and 298,000 pay items were looked at, both concrete and asphalt paving. And what they concluded was increasing competition between paving material industries at the state level would lower paving costs for both asphalt and concrete projects. And this is likely to result in significant savings for DOTs and taxpayers. We are all over that because as we do that, what you look at, what you can extend to that is, all right, well, again, we can create the relationship based on the known that we have from the actual data that as we shift the balance of how much is being spent by a DOT on longer-term solutions versus shorter-term solutions on mixing up the types of projects that are being applied. And when you have a longer-term project, it gets back to the original notion of not just doing a paint job on your rotten wood, but actually replacing the siding when it needs to be replaced. You can actually get many, many, many more miles on the same budget simply by instilling competition policy-wise at the DOT level to extend your purchasing power or your dollar. That type of reform of thought and encouraging policies that would lead to that would go a long way to assuring taxpayers that they're getting the best value out of their dollar. So that's one way that we're looking at addressing this. The other is we've created what we call Vision 2040, which is an action plan that we're building as an industry. And we're actually in the midst of this now. The action plan is intended to help us to innovate our materials, our designs, and our construction methods to deliver on the promise of some new technologies 
and to address the real need, right, that we talked about, the vehicle miles traveled going up so dramatically while the number of lane miles we have, you know, not nearly keeping pace. So we've got a lot of congestion. We've got a lot of these challenges. We've got 70 million population growth, as I mentioned, coming here in the next 30 years or so. And that's just going to lead to more trucks and cars on the road. Uh, some even think that as we look at the new vehicles, right, the autonomous vehicles, the average person may have more vehicles at their disposal because they can put their kids in them and the kids can automatically be taken to wherever they need to go. It's a convenience factor. So that might mean many, many more vehicles on the road. So there's things like that that we are looking at and preparing for looking to the future. So, you know, circling back to innovation, what we feel really strongly about with this thought of competition and instilling more competition is that competition leads to innovation. When industries are pushed, right, they're pushing each other, then they've got to find a new edge, right? They've got to try to find something that, you know, differentiates or makes them better. And we see this everywhere in life, everywhere in consumer products, but yet in this area of civil infrastructure, there are many, many states that are just not taking advantage of that. And so we're encouraging to do that. We'd like to be a part of that kind of environment. And our Vision 2040 is laying out those types of ideas and some of the very specific things down into you know what we can do to our product concrete pavement to make it even better as we go forward. So that's an exciting part of what we're working on. I'm, I'm really having a lot of fun with that. The states, some of them, do take this matter into their own hands when they pass their own funding mechanisms to get work done. Industry groups like yours doing the kind of forward-thinking work that you've just described. But in the end, the feds set the tone, don't they? I mean, doesn't this really need to get done at the federal level in order to make all of these other efforts come together and be more successful? Well, it depends on what part of this aspect we're talking about. Uh, Stewardship needs to happen at all levels, right? I mean, for that matter, industry is part of the stewardship process. And that's why, you know, we've recognized it and are welcoming an environment where there's competition. We want to be part of that because we know it's good stewardship. And if we're all in the industry doing our part to be good stewards of the dollars and we're not being selfish about it and saying, hey, well, you know, hey, we don't want these guys, you know, messing up our kitchen. But if we're all in it together, then we feel like that's when we'll get more funding. That's when it'll be easier for Congress and, and so forth to come forward. So that's just industry. You mentioned federal. They certainly have a role to play. You look at the policies that the Federal Highway Administration has had in place for, for many, many years. It goes back to 1981, their current pavement, for instance, or pavement selection policy. And that policy actually has in it concepts such as, you know, instilling competition. They are stewards of a life cycle cost analysis process and a recommendation to the states to, to apply life cycle cost analysis. So, yes, they certainly have a role, and they're a good partner with our industry and, and our association. You know, we would like them at this point to do a little more to shine a light on the need for the competition down at the state level. And we're working with them on that. We've been talking with them about that. 
And then let's talk a little bit about the state DOTs themselves. They have probably the strongest role in setting the tone. They're the ones that have the specifications. They're the ones that do the designs. They're the ones that kind of set their standards. It's about the policies and the way they go about their business that really has the most impact. So from that standpoint, you know, we have many chapters in our organization that are at the local level and they're working with the state DOTs every day and they have good relationships. But, you know, there's probably more that can be done to encourage those state DOTs to take a more critical look at the way they're doing their business from the standpoint of some of these things that we've been talking about. Thinking about Congress and the funding debate here in Washington, as we close this conversation, what's your elevator pitch to them for getting these funding packages done as soon as possible? Can you do that in 60 seconds? (laughs) That's a good challenge right there. You know what, I would probably go back to two or three things. And that would be, first and foremost, the challenge isn't getting any easier. The population growth is going up. We've talked about that. 70 million new people, 43% freight increase over that same time. So the challenge isn't going away. This is going to be a critical issue to constituents of Congress. And we have a lot of opportunities out there to make a difference in how we're doing things now, the policies that are being applied. And so this is an area that could be a very, very big win for Congress. Roads aren't Republican or Democrat. They're just roads. They're infrastructure. Everybody needs them. It doesn't matter what your background is. And it could be a real win-win when they make that decision to make this a real issue and investment. Next week, we report from Capitol Hill as more than 150 CEOs and top executives from the concrete and cement industry climb the steps of Congress in search of solutions to the funding challenge. We'll hear from some of them about their meetings with House and Senate members. How did the meetings go? Who will get the job done? What more will it take to pass a funding plan this year? That's Wednesday, April 17th on Hard Facts, a podcast production of the Portland Cement Association. I'm Robert Johnson. I'll see you there.